Today we have one of the funniest girls and the hottest girls in comedy right now, Kate Quigley, on my episode. And I'm just beyond ecstatic to have this girl in the studio. I don't know her terribly well. We've only met once when I was out at a comedy show with Lisa Ann, but I feel like she and I are going to get along really well. So let's see if that happens. Everybody, welcome Kate Quigley on the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Holly Randall Unfiltered. And today I have a very, very, very special guest. I know I feel like I say that a lot, but I added many more varies to this one. So that means that I really mean it. Comedian Kate Quigley. Aw, you're so sweet. You're I always so sweet. I always lie about that on my podcast also. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Because everyone's a special guest. You can't just say like, oh, we have so-and-so on today. I know. Every week I'm like, I'm so excited today. But honestly, I always am because you don't yeah. have people on you don't like. So then you are excited. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then like halfway through, sometimes you're not so excited because they're not everything that you that hoped happen. that they would be. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes halfway happen. through, I'm like, can I not post this episode? How do I? <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. You know what, though? I find a lot of times I'll be in the interview, and I think just because I'm so, my mind is working overtime thinking about how to segue to the next question, keep the conversation moving along, I'm not really in the moment and enjoying it. And so I'll finish the interview, and I almost, like, I'm not really sure how it went sometimes. And then you listen to it later. And then I listen to it later, I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty good. But at the time, I'd be like, oh, that was really boring. Yeah, you know what's so funny is a lot of, you know, people say, like, Get the most famous guests you can for numbers, numbers. And then that's nice. But whenever I have my closest friends on are the funniest, best episodes because we just end up being so real and shooting the shit the whole time. And plus they know me. So they know like how crazy I am and they call me out. So if I try to pretend like I have my shit together, they're like, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know you that well. So as far as I know, you have your shit together. So I won't be able to call you out on anything you know i fake it really well i Good. fake it so well okay well i'm to- you're totally gonna like put one over <laughs> on me because i have no idea <laughs> you My, can completely pretend to be somebody you're not i love that great that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna pretend to be like a librarian who does people's taxes on <laughs> um no my shit is so not together i'm such a disaster honestly I, like most days i really don't even know how i get through life i really don't really yeah i just learned to do laundry this year i'm 34 (laughs) i never did laundry what do you mean you don't know how to do laundry well growing up my my mom did my laundry i'm not gonna lie my mom i mean i had to do chores my mom wouldn't let us do laundry because she was just afraid we'd fuck it up and we were poor so i think she didn't want to buy more clothes right and then i was married and then my ex-husband like loved doing laundry it was like the one of those things that like relaxed him so he would always do it and then when i when we split up i had never done laundry and I was like, I don't really want to learn. So I just started taking it to fluff and fold all my clothes. <laughs> and then recently I was like, I'm spending 25, 30 bucks a trip to fluff and fold. I could spend like $5 to do laundry. I was like, I should learn to do laundry. So I just started. And how's it going? Well, I, I honestly, I put all my colors and whites together because okay. I'm not I do too. racist. And I, <laughs> uh, and I just wash it all on cold. And then I put it in the dryer, and then anything that shrinks or gets ruined, I just throw out. I don't care. Well, you know, it's a good way to continually force you to update your closet. Yes, thank you. Also, all my clothes are so cheap that it doesn't matter if anything gets destroyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a guy invite me to a black tie event next week, and um, when he invited me, he goes, you probably need a dress, huh? Like, he just assumed I don't have anything to wear to that. And I was like, what? No, I, I totally have something. He was like, yeah, I'll send you money. <laughs> like, he knows I have nothing. So That's funny. Yeah. You know, I'm actually, I'm like your ex-husband. I like doing laundry. I, I just find it fascinating that you put dirty clothes in this machine and it comes out like clean and smelling good. <laughs> it just like it never that fascinates you. Never stops fascinating. You're right. Me. You're it's, right. Well, you could also just stick it all in a bucket of like soapy water and shake it up and it would do this. I used to you know what I used to do? It wouldn't do the same thing. It wouldn't? I don't think so. I mean this I don't is no, I've never tried. You should I 
this is so ghetto, but I was just in um, I was just in Phoenix, and I was staying in a condo there because sometimes comedy clubs they'll put you up in a condo, right? And I needed to do laundry, and there was no laundry detergent in the condo, but there was a washing machine. So I uh, stuck all my dirty clothes in the dishwasher, and I ran the dishwasher with my dirty clothes in it, and it all came out clean. Really? Yeah. So in a pinch, you could just do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. It I've all washed, smelled good. I've washed sex toys in the dishwasher, but never... Um, interesting. Well, only but the glass ones. You can't put like vibrators or anything with batteries in there because oh, obviously yeah. that will be... Yeah. My mom once ruined all my sex toys once because she got... so. <laughs> Your mom? Okay. How old were you? Uh, well, no, this was... Th- okay. So <laughs> you you may not know, actually know. So Kate and I kind of don't really know each other, actually. Not really. We met for like... 10 minutes yeah we met for like not even that you oh. were performing at so i went to a comedy club with lisa ann and we went and saw kate perform and like lisa was raving about you and Aww. she was like she's so funny and we follow each other on social media and we're gonna go see her and we went and saw her and she was amazing she Aww. was super funny thank you so um you know i've been following her on social media ever since and then i started this podcast i'm like i would love to have kate on you know she'd be great i honestly thought you were gonna turn me down why? I don't know because I didn't think I was special enough. Oh no I way! Really didn't. Yeah, I was you're like, just so cool, and Lisa Ann was so cool. And why not? If I have time, I'll do whatever. Thank you. <laughs> of course. So, um, so yeah. So Kate. So you probably don't know that my mom is a pornographer too, and that's how I got into the industry. Oh no! Does she? Is she a performer or a director? No, she was a director. Cool. So, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, so she was actually the first female staff photographer at Playboy. Back oh, wow. in 1974. Her name is Suze Randall. You can like Google her and whatever. That's awesome. And so her and my dad started a business and she became like one of the most famous erotic photographers like in the 70s, 80s and 90s. No way. Yeah. And so she's a really interesting story. The family business. Yeah. We're actually working on, um, I'm teaming up with some producers and we'll see if it happens. I usually don't like to talk about stuff that happens in Hollywood because most of it falls through, but we're actually working on a TV show about her life. Oh, cool. It's re- my parents were swingers. They were like, their That'd stories are show. nuts. Like, yeah. Nuts. Oh, like, I bet. My parents worked at Hustler when Larry Flint got shot. Like all that shit. Wow. Yeah. So, what a cool life. So anyway, so I got into this industry starting working for my parents. So I used to work for my mom. <laughs> and so I used to shoot for her and everything. We had a website. And um, so I shoot porn for my parents. And then I would... First, I started assisting her on sets, and then so wait a second. You grew up literally like on porn sets as a child. Well, no, I didn't start working on porn sets until I was twenty. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like they were shooting it when I was a kid. How much did you know? I always knew. You always knew. Always knew. Were you allowed to like wander on to the porn sets as a kid? No, 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 no. At what age did you get to see your first porn set? Um, when I was twenty. Oh, okay. So they kept you away from it until you were 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they didn't want me like... Well, that's kind of good. Yeah, I mean... They weren't like, they were, you weren't like daycare. There wasn't like a daycare, like a playpen on the corner of the no, porn set next no. to the bed. So apparently my mom was <laughs> shooting for Playgirl once in the backyard when I was a toddler and I wandered off on, onto set. But I don't remember that. I was really young. Playgirl is the one with the hot guys in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. is that still around? I don't think so. I'd like so. to work for them. I'm putting out an offer. Playgirl, I'm available. <laughs> Um, that's what I need in my life. I should have had you on set because I used to shoot for them and they would have to get hard, but it was them by themselves. And let me tell you, it's really hard to shoot a dude by himself hard without it looking gay. Like it's very, very difficult. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Yeah. That would be super gay looking. Yeah. You're right. So wait, photos, you just shoot photos for the magazine. For the magazine. Interesting. So that of course the guys need to be hard. Well, now they could probably just take something. Right. But then they'd be hard all day. Yes, but even even so, if you take something, you need something that kind of gets you there. Good point. So I wouldn't like fluff them or take my shirt off and everything. And I was the only girl on set because my assistants are guys. You would fluff them? No, I wouldn't. Oh, you wouldn't? No. Oh, no. okay. No. So what I would do is I would bring like what I called like my cock box and I'd bring a box of <laughs> magazines and lube and baby wipes and I'd just give it to them and be like, okay, just let me know when you're hard. And then I'd like wait around for them, like yeah. while they got hard, and then I would. Come how long? Back and how shoot long them. would it usually take them? 
depending on the guy. <laughs> wow. Most of the guys I've shot were already performers. So like they kind of knew how to get there. One yeah. guy actually had a foot fetish. So all I had to do was take my shoes off. Ugh. And then like he was able to get hard, which was fine. I don't mind showing you my feet. I just wasn't like going to show them my tits. I have a weird thing about foot fetish guys. I was just talking to a comedian, Harlan Williams. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. We were literally sitting at the comedy store the other night talking about this because I, you know, we were talking earlier about I shot a show for Playboy TV and Mm -hmm. and so did you. And my show covered interesting fetishes and one was foot fetish. And of all the fetishes we did, and we did a lot of weird ones, I couldn't, I did not like foot fetish. I had to let people suck on my toes, which I think I have weird feet, so I wasn't into it. Every time I post a photo with my feet in it on Instagram, I get the most DMs like I could post I could post a naked photo of my ass and get 50 DMs I post my feet I get like 500 DMs and they're all creepy they're like I mean I get it people are into it but they want like my smelly socks oh yeah it's really grosses me out if if I'm in bed with a guy and he starts to fuck with my feet I just want to run away I want (laughs) to run I don't like it at all (laughs) especially if they want to like fuck it Fuck your feet. Guys want to fuck your feet. Yeah. That is so weird. I'm like, there's calluses. What is wrong with you? Like, bring your dick to my mouth where it belongs. That's stupid. (laughs) I'm sorry to the foot fetish people. Why do you think, you know, and somebody (laughs) asked me this the other day and like why people are into feet. And I'm like, I don't actually know. Well, you know what I learned on my show, which was fascinating, Mm -hmm. is there, I apparently... The way most fetishes are formed when people have a really strong one is like when they're 13 or whatever age they are when they get their first like sexual experience that they remember, like their first erection or the first time they come or whatever. Uh, Say you're at a circus and a hot clown with like huge tits walks by you and then like maybe something brushes your leg and then you're a little boy and you get a boner and then you associate hot clowns with erections and then for the rest of your life you have like a thing for clowns so i have a thing for angry clowns like i want to get fucked by an angry clown really kind of (laughs) that's so funny so like where did that come from see so maybe maybe you know once when i was in high school we had a we had to learn how to be clowns i went to like a drama like a theater high school and we had to do a clown show and i remember seeing this really hot clown guy sitting outside the high school smoking a cigarette and he had tattoos <laughs> and he was like a dirty angry looking clown and i remember thinking like that guy's hot i totally bang him so maybe that's why maybe you had but that's what i'm saying like so i get it with like clowns and stuff right. but like what happens to you as a young boy involving feet where know. you suddenly have like your first like crazy erection and it's because you saw, like maybe i don't know maybe you're like go with mom and she's getting a pedicure and then a hot lady maybe one of the ladies bends over and her tits get too hard and her feet are in the shot i don't know it oh, just i thought you were gonna say out. like you see your mom's feet and then you get a heart on and then, like that's where it comes from and I, like i feel like that would be a fetish more suited to like something more deeper that could be you know, when I hosted the AVN Awards, they told me that uh, uh, family, what is it, like incest porn is the number one genre oh, of yeah. porn in the oh, US. Oh, yeah. Quasi-incest. You know, I tried to resist that for the longest time. I was like, I won't shoot that stuff. You know, I don't, I, that grosses me <laughs> right, out. I draw right. the line at what grosses me out. And then it was like, okay, Holly, do you want to work or do you want to have morals? And I'm like, I'll take the job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty much my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> my whole career has been like a slow decline of my moral compass, basically. The, you just keep moving the line. Yeah. The line that you won't cross, you just keep pushing it. Honestly. Yes, 100%. Lately, I've been turning down things because I'm like, I don't want to do another thing in a bikini or another whatever. But I mean, at some point, you're like, well, I need money. So here are my tits again. How Okay, so how do you reconcile being hot and being funny? Because you are obviously really hot and you've got a great body. I've seen pictures of you in a bikini. Um, Like, but I've also seen you get shit for... Like, oh, well, you need to show your, you know, your body because otherwise people like wouldn't think you were funny. Like, it's hard. But you know what? I used to. So when I first. It's like, do you have to be an angry fat man to be a comedian? Like, I mean, (laughs) seriously, I don't feel like that's fair. People get upset sometimes. Like, it is so funny because here's the thing. The comics I really respect the most, um, they all like 
don't care if I post op photos because right. they're busy being successful and they see it, but then they also see hard work and like funny right. jokes and they're like, okay, you're also decently attractive, whatever. But there are a lot of people who get pissed. Even like my Instagram followers, sometimes if I post a hot photo, I'll have people be like, you know, Joe Rogan doesn't have to post a photo with his pants off to get stage time. Like, people do get angry, but, but then... But if Joe Rogan posted a picture with his pants off, that's not going to, like, excite anyone. Well, uh, it might excite me. I think Joe's kind of yeah. hot, but... I had a sex dream about him, actually. <laughs> did you really? I did, and I don't know him at all. He's hot to me. There's something about that, like, whole, like, hunting, gun-shooting, like, rugged... Yeah. Whatever. But anyway, so... uh it used to really bother me because a lot of people would talk shit. Like when I started doing comedy, I was also a poster model for beer companies and mm-hmm. I used to do fitness modeling. And so I had to be funny and post hot shit. I had no choice. Like yeah. I was doing both and a lot of people got angry that I was doing more of the sexy stuff. Like I would come to the improv and comics would be like, you know, okay, people aren't going to think you're funny. They're not going to take you seriously. And I would... People shouldn't take you seriously. You're a comedian. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> right? Aren't you supposed to be funny? Isn't that the whole That's point? That's the whole point. But then one night I was at the improv talking to this other girl and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just start wearing a bikini everywhere. Like basically make fun of myself. Like to the for the people that are like, you can't be sexy and funny, I'm mm-hmm. going to be like, fuck that. I'm going to wear a bikini everywhere I go. So I started wearing a bikini everywhere like i would go to ralph's in a bikini home depot the mall Wait, for real yeah and i would have someone follow me with a camera and take candid photos and then i started this photo series called in a bikini where i would be like at ralph's pushing a grocery cart in a bikini with like an 80 year old grandma behind me like looking down the aisle like what the fuck like i would do it all over and post the photos and they started to get really popular of course and then it started to become like this interesting thing in the comedy scene because I did start getting booked a lot more because I was picking up a following, but then some comics were pissed, but then other comics would call me, like Joey Diaz called me and was like, my wife and I think that shit is hilarious. We love the bikini stuff. Keep doing it. And then, like, I kind of got the Playboy show because of it. So in some ways, when you say fuck everybody and you just stick to, like, doing your own thing, it pays off, you know? Yeah. And now I see a lot of female comics starting to do like more sexy stuff. And I just say, if you're doing it for the right reasons, because you like it, you enjoy it. And, you know, and you're I'm just trying to prove a point that you don't have to live in a box. I'm just offended you didn't show up here in a bikini, really. Well, I stopped doing it. (laughs) I stopped doing it kind of just because not because I I. I, it's just kind of played out. And yeah. then also now, too, like, I am trying to book other roles and stuff, and sometimes it gets in the way. Yeah, I hear so, you. Yeah. Do how? What are other comics like? Like, is it a very competitive business? Do you find that you, like, you deal with a lot? You do encounter a lot of sexism. Like, do you encounter a lot of, like, jealousy and backbiting? And ba- I don't really know much about behind the the scenes in the yeah, comedy world. It's interesting because I mean there are always going to be this is I mean this whole town there's always people that talk shit. Yeah. You know, there's always people that are nice to your face and talk shit behind your back. But I found also there are a lot of comics that help each other. Mm-hmm. And um in my experience the most successful comics are the ones talking the least shit and kind of supporting each other. There's this huge like community of comics that i'm lucky to be kind of friends with that we all support each other to the point of like i'll post a show and maybe burt kreischer will retweet it retweet it for me or you know joey diaz and i'll retweet theirs and so a lot of us that are friends we support each other comedy is cool because there's opportunity for everyone you know what i mean if i'm in denver and you're in san diego and we're both doing a show on the same night and we post for each other it doesn't hurt my career or yours it just helps everybody right so there's always haters and people that talk shit but i really try to focus it sounds so cheesy but like i never talk shit i just try to focus on the positive right because life's short yes you know the other night i'm sitting in a hotel room this was like an epiphany moment for me i was Mm -hmm. in oklahoma I was so fucking bored. I shouldn't say that because I feel bad. But <laughs> I mean, I was at a casino in Oklahoma. It was the night before the show. So none of the like fans were there yet. So right. it's just a few like kind of old people hanging out at this casino. <laughs> and I'm there by myself and I'm bored. I started drinking. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I'm drinking alone at the bar. And uh, and I've been trying not to text this guy, mm-hmm. this one particular guy, but mm-hmm. I wanted to. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've been there. Oh, yeah. So instead I sent 
an opening line text to like 25 people, the same line to like 25 people to start conversations. And the line was, I said, I'm sitting alone in a casino in Oklahoma drinking because I'm bored as fuck and I don't know what to do or something. And two of the people I sent it to are like huge rock stars Mm -hmm. that I'm friends with. Mm -hmm. And both their replies were like, I'm bored to death in Minneapolis. I'm bored to death in San Diego. We were all just like sitting alone in hotel rooms drinking and bored. And I just had this moment of like, these guys are rock stars. Like Mm -hmm. they're selling out like huge arenas. They could be like fucking whoever they want out partying. And everyone thinks that like entertainment is so exciting. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the night, we were all sitting alone, bored. One was really depressed. One, I mean, (laughs) one of them actually said to me, like, I'm just waiting to die. Like that's what he said. (laughs) And I just started thinking like this business cannot be the thing that like feeds your soul because at the end of the day, like even though I love comedy, but it's got to be about the performance and not like the amount of success because if that's what it is, you'll be chasing it forever Yeah, and you'll be these guys miserable in a hotel room alone. And I just, I had this moment of like, I just want to find like all the other things that make me happy outside of this business. So when people do talk shit, who gives a fuck? That's just work. But like, here's this circle of awesome friends that I like, go to Burning Man with or go to Mexico with or play volleyball with on the beach. I mean, it sounds so cheesy. I'm having kind of like a life change moment. You're so funny because I'm going through the same thing. Really? Yeah. So I, okay, so I was thinking, the so I go to therapy, obviously, because who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Like, obviously. This is LA. We all go to <laughs> we therapy. We all go to therapy. We're all crazy. Um, and we were talking about, you know, what, like, I am so work obsessed and I've always been work obsessed, right? And so where I'm at now, like shooting for Playboy and I'm actually going to start shooting for another Playboy thing anyways. Um, and all these other opportunities that are coming up, like, they're amazing. And, and just where I'm at, you know, 10 years ago, if I could see where I'm at now, I would be like, oh, my God, I've made it. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be so satisfied in that place. And now that I'm in that place, I'm not satisfied at all. And nor am I happy. And I just want more and more and more. And I'm like starting to realize, like, I don't think I'll ever reach that point. Like, where am I ever going to reach that point where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm happy now. It's not going to be about work. That's it. Right. And that's the funny thing is like, and and I mean, I get it because I was the same way. Like as a kid, All I wanted in life was to be on TV. That's all I wanted. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in a show. That was it. Now, you know, I like the other day I was at the 99 cent store and someone texted me like, oh, hey, I just saw you on Showtime. That's so cool. Um, Congratulations on all your like success. And I'm like, I'm at the fucking 99 cent (laughs) store because that's what I can afford. And by the way, I haven't even seen the shit you're talking about because I can't afford Showtime. Like that was like (laughs) my moment. And I was just thinking, like, people think, people really do think, and we think, that you're going to get to, like, this level where you're on TV, and then you did it, or whatever your thing is, Mm -hmm. and porn that you want, and then you're like, I made it. But the truth is, it's like, there's always something more to do. Yeah. And I have friends, I mean, I have a a buddy who makes $5 million a year, he just got another season of his show, and he's like, every time I talk to him, he's just depressed about a girl. I mean, nothing... That's it. It's like you got to make your happiness outside of work. Yeah. Even though like comedy is my passion is one of my passions, but it's not about the money anymore for me or the fame. Fame. Ugh. Yeah. Truthfully, I would rather just like if someone comes up to me and they know me for comedy, that's sweet and great. Yeah. I would never want to be like walk down the street famous because I've hung out with those people and it's a nightmare. Yeah. No, I would not want it. I agree. And, And I feel the same way. I'm like... And I was thinking, same thing, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how famous do I actually want to be? You know what I mean? I mean, do I want people to recognize me at, you know, fucking Chipotle? Right. And like be taking pictures of me, like shoving a burrito in my mouth and like send it to TMZ. Like, do I want that? I don't think so. I I don't think I do. I don't think so. And also like as much as I try, like I, people would never guess this about me, but I'm so oversensitive. That's probably why I'm single because I'm so sensitive. Mm -hmm. I take everything too personally. (laughs) So like, even though you try to ignore trolls, Trolls hurt my feelings. They yeah. do. I can't help it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can't imagine being so big that you have to deal with it. Like the other day, I'm, I'm at my buddy's place and this guy has won three Emmy Awards, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like Emmy weekend. So um, he has his name set up to receive Google alerts and he gets a Google alert and we're hanging out having a great time, right? And then he looks at his phone. He goes, fuck, 
I'm like, what's wrong? There's like an article that popped up and it's like top eight actors that never should have won Emmys. And he's like number two on the list. Oh. Right? And I'm just like, why do people have to be such fucking dicks? Like, why does that even need to be an article, you yeah. know? And then also like how shitty you're in like a great mood having a great day. Then that yeah. pops up and it's just, I mean, you should never complain about being famous because I know like it seems awesome and there's a lot of money, but it sometimes I'm like, oh, it'd be better to just like never have to deal with that shit. Yeah, I know but what you mean. I hate to whine about that. That sounds like such a champagne problem. He won three Emmys and there's a bad article, but I mean like still. It's but just- the thing is, is like it's like we're all human, you know, and we all like no one's impervious to that kind of thing. I have one famous friend who's we're like we're not really that close we've hung out like once outside of like stuff that we've done together but yeah same thing and I said to her I'm like I don't know how you deal with like the negative feedback and the trolls and stuff I'm like you you know you must be so great at just ignoring that shit and you've just built this wall she's like no I haven't it's impossible yeah. you can't every once in a while someone's gonna say something that's like hits you right in your sore spot yeah. The one thing I will say that I do now, though, is I block them immediately. Yeah. Immediate. I mean, even if it's just borderline negative, I block them because yeah. I just don't want to have to read it. You don't want it there. Yeah. I yeah. usually I don't block them because I don't want them to know that I even read it. I just mute it. And then like That's they don't idea. know that I've blocked them. They yeah. can still see my feed, but the, I just don't see it anymore. Doesn't oh, they don't Twitter. exist for me. What yeah. about on Instagram? I don't know. You know, honestly, I don't get that much negative feedback. You lucky bitch. Just kidding. That's because all you post is hot chicks. Yeah, I yeah. think because it's like a lot of it, it's not about me and my personality. It's about like other people. Yeah, you yeah, know, I get about it. The girl, but the girls that I shoot, I mean, they get the shit that they get. The things that people write to them is just terrible. Well, it's funny because my guy friends will be like, you know, oh, I can't believe all the pervy comments you get. I'm like, I don't care about that. That's fine. Yeah. People can make pervy. I put it. I put myself out there for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do get annoyed when it's mean or if it's about one of my friends. That really pisses me off. Like yeah. If I post a photo with a friend yeah. and people are mean, I've had friends call me crying, ask me to take down photos because people will be so mean to them. Aww. I know. So that shit pisses me off. Yeah. I really want to um, do a thing where like, I find all my trolls and where they live and I confront them personally and take a camera. Wouldn't that be so fun? My boyfriend's a PI. Is he really? Mm-hmm. We'll set this up. All I don't right. know how to get the address of trolls. If anyone knows how to find addresses for trolls, please <laughs> DM me. Because <laughs> I want that. How do you deal with, um, how do you, okay, so speaking of trolls, do you experience hecklers a lot when you're on stage? Yeah, sometimes. More and, on, on the road. Yeah. And yeah. how's that? I don't mind it to a degree because I do crowd work and I talk to the audience. Mm-hmm. So like they're going to talk back. But sometimes it's annoying because like it just happened the other day. I did a show where I started talking to a guy. I always pick a few people to use in my act because mm-hmm. then I'll keep calling back to them. But it happened the other day. I picked a guy. Sometimes you just pick the wrong guy. And then he thinks you just opened a line of conversation for the entire show. So yeah. then every joke he has something to say. So. Right. Then, you know, but I just ignore them or if I have to, I'll ask them to stop talking. I mean, like in a way that's funny, but yeah, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. And people yell things out, like take off your shirt sometimes and shit like that, like drunk guys at my shows. But I have a bit for almost anything like that that's mm-hmm. sexual. So I just I'll just go into a bit. Was it hard at the beginning? Um, Hecklers? Yeah. You know, maybe I'm lucky because I I did improv and I spent my whole life on stage. Like I did mm-hmm. theater and then I was I used to MC events. So I mean, like I'm used to people yelling things at me on stage. Honestly, <laughs> right, right. Um. So I don't know. I never really. It never really threw me off. Okay. To the point of like it would mess up my act. I mean, you can tell a new comic versus a comic that's been doing it a while. Right. Usually, if someone heckles a new comic. They pause for a moment and maybe say something or maybe just freeze and then go right straight back to the joke. But, right. like, my my material's also loose. Mm-hmm. There's punchlines, but, like, the setups are loose enough to where I can just... This is very, like, comedy talk, but the setups are loose enough to where I can kind of, like, work in the heckle if I have to, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It the, doesn't bother me. It, it, I mean, I would be terrified. Like, absolutely terrified. And actually, I had... So I did a comedy routine once at summer camp when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) And I got totally like thrown off stage, booed off stage. And it like, 
hurt me and I like I feel like honestly it seriously affected me and I'm really? like yeah and I'm like kind of t- I could never ever ever attempt comedy because literally that experience from when I was like probably 10 I was like, I still carry that shit with me. It's so funny because my friend Rampage is like a fighter, like a UFC, like a big fighter. And we were hanging out one time and he was like, I don't know how you have the balls to do comedy. And I was like, you get punched in the face. See, that's like, like, to me, that's way harder. I worse. feel like that way, too, because that just looks like it's so scary. Comedy? Yeah. Compared to getting to, to being in an octagon game? I would much rather get punched <laughs> in the balls than do comedy. Here's the thing. When I first started, mm-hmm. this is like 10 years ago, when I first started doing stand-up, I, I don't know. I would be nervous, so nervous all day to the point of if I had a show at 8, from the time I woke up until showtime, I would be sick with nerves. I mean, like, feel like I had to puke. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to do it. Half the time I would cancel. I'd be so nervous I would cancel. Half the time I would go on. The times when I would go on, I would go out. Once I got the first laugh, I'd be totally not nervous. I'd have a great time. And then I would come off stage and be like, that was so fun. I can't wait to do it again for like an hour. And then the next day I'd wake up and have another show and be like, fuck, I don't want to do this. It was this cycle for like a year until it got to be so much the nerves that I quit. I didn't do it for like three years. I didn't do any stand-up. And then I I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed. I got a divorce. Maybe that was part of it because I got divorced kind of to pursue my career. That was a big part of the reason mm-hmm. that I left my ex. And so I was like, all right, if I don't make it now, I kind of like threw this relationship away for nothing. So then I don't know what changed, but I just was like, fuck it. I got to just get up every night. And then the nerves just vanish. I don't get nervous anymore. I mean, unless it's like a huge thing or I have to follow like Ron White or Bill Burr by mm. accident. <laughs> but otherwise I really don't get nervous at all anymore. And then what happens is the moment the moment it changes for you as a comic is the first time you go out on stage and truly don't care if they laugh or not. That's when it changes. The moment you go, I'm just gonna have fun if they don't laugh, who gives a fuck? The minute you start I don't know how it happens, but the moment I got that mentality, I got better at comedy. That's the secret is not caring. I'm telling you, you just got to be like... <laughs> I feel like that's the secret to life. That's the secret just to everything. Yeah, that's the not secret to this shit. whole business, by the way. Yeah. Like every... When I started booking actual roles, when I started booking like SAG jobs, was one audition I went on. I didn't give a fuck about it. I thought it was stupid my agent sent me. I knew I wouldn't get it. So I didn't even bother to print a resume. I brought a headshot and on the back, I wrote my agent's phone number with a Sharpie. And I gave it to them and I looked like shit. I came from the gym and I didn't even run the lines and I booked it. And I was like, what the fuck? These people smell desperation when you come in and you don't care. And you're yeah. like, you're like, whatever, here I am. That's when I felt like I would book it. So I started doing that all the time, just not bringing resumes. And, and I started booking like half those jobs or at least getting callbacks. Right. So I feel like it's not because you don't care. It's because you're not desperate and they know it. Yeah, you know, I can see what you mean because there's de- that that smell of desperation is is sickening. It's on guys whether it's guys on Tinder or oh, it's guys like on right? the comedy stage cuz there was actually a guy. So I almost sort of hate going to comedy shows because <laughs> there's always no because there's always a few guys who suck. Sure. And like my heart hurts for them. Like I'm embarrassed for them. I have like this. Sometimes my empathy is so strong that like when I see somebody up there like failing miserably, like it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. So like it's like if I knew everyone was going to kill it, it'd be one thing, but not everyone does. And so there was a guy who came up before you who was just not even remotely funny. Yeah. Like at all. And 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 no one was laughing at his jokes. And you could tell he was getting more and more nervous with the less and less feedback that he was getting. And it yeah. was just like, and he just went on and on about how he was into fat chicks. And it was just <laughs> like, it just was like, that was the whole bit. And it wasn't funny well, the, at I all. Mean, and then he started like talking to this girl in the front saying like, yeah, you're the kind of girl that oh, I would Oh, wa- God. You know what I mean? Like calling her out He's for like, I love fat. fat chicks. You're hot. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, you fucking moron. Well, here's the problem is that that show, like if you're going to go to a comedy show, you got to go to an all headliner show if you want. Mm-hmm. So you got to go to like one that the comedy store books or 
Because there's a lot of shows in L.A. that are called bringer shows. And what that means is it's like when you're a brand new comic and you're starting out, the only way you can get on stage in L.A. is if you promise to bring five, six of your friends. And then so. Really? Yeah. And then. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So basically what happens is. Those are the only people that are laughing at your jokes. Yes. So then what about this guy who had no one laughing at his jokes? Then he probably didn't. The people that he brought, they weren't laughing? Yeah. Basically. That's really bad. I mean, that's. But that's what happens. And so like. Comics have opinions about bringer shows because they kind of bring down. Because what happens is someone like you goes to one, you don't know it's a bringer show. You're like, I'm at the comedy store. This is going to be a great show. And then you see it and you're like, oh, fuck, comedy sucks. And then you don't (laughs) want to come back because you didn't, you don't realize you're watching people that have done this like three times. Yeah. You, I mean, the comedy store on a night when the comedy store books it, you, you won't see anybody bomb usually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were there. Yeah. Well, I'm new. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I mean, I, whatever. I, I'm lucky. I'm very blessed that I get a lot of stage time, so I get a lot of practice. So yeah. I've How got, long have you been doing it for? Funnier seven years. Well, I mean, technically longer, but seven like really hitting it hard. Yeah, and yeah. you've always done drama your whole life. Um, I've always been dramatic, but <laughs> I've never. <laughs> If you talk to the guys I date, I'm disgustingly dramatic. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I grew up acting, yeah. I grew up acting, but I, I was always funny. I always wanted to do comedy stuff. Yeah. I, I don't like, I mean, I don't mind doing drama. I like doing action, and I like doing comedy. Those right. are my favorites. Drama, whatever. Yeah, that's you say that for your personal life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to play like a rape victim, except for in the bedroom. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> I know this guy I've been seeing, he's like, gets just a little rough. And I'm like, you can get a lot rougher. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, why don't you choke me? He's like, but then you can't breathe. I'm like, I know. I love that. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. When I started dating my boyfriend, I told him that I like to get choked out. And he's like a very kind of methodical, like research type guy. <laughs> he literally went online and looked up the best way to choke a girl out. Shut up. <laughs> I recently had this guy, like, I like to be choked also. There's something about a a guy's hand on my neck that just, like, instantly turns me on. It doesn't matter where I am. It could be at Coffee Bean. You, like, (laughs) touch my neck. It's true. But, like, um, recently I was looking up at this guy. I think he was scared to choke me. So instead he kind of did, like, the sleeper hold move with, like, his whole, he kind of put his whole arm around my neck, which I didn't think I'd be into, but it was really hot. Was he from behind? He was behind. Okay, obviously. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's almost like, I feel like I'm going to pass out slower. Like, it was... was, (laughs) But I don't know, man. See, for me, it's like, I actually don't... It's not getting my airwaves choked off and, like, passing out. It's the the dominance of having the hand Me too. They don't even have to squeeze. It's just having it there. It's just like... I I also like being held down and then people putting their hand over my mouth. I'm the same. Yeah. It's basically, you like to feel like you're being attacked. Yeah. (laughs) Why so do I? I'm not sure. I, I do this whole bit on stage about how, because I was married for so long, when you're married, I used to do this joke where I would say, um, when you're single, you have nightmares about getting raped. And then after you're married for a while, you just call them dreams because <laughs> you just, I mean, I don't know. I, I always was into that. Yeah. But what's funny that I was thinking about the other day, and I don't know how this came into my head, is when I was young. When I was younger and I would masturbate, I would think about uh, seducing a guy. I would always be the one seducing the guy. Mm-hmm. And now I noticed I always think about being dominated. Like it changed. Yeah. And I don't know why or when or how. Yeah. I have no idea. I forgot that I ever used to masturbate to the other thing. Like I really forgot. So yeah. I was like, I wonder why that happened. Like when that happened. See, for me, it was different. I grew up having like full on lesbian fantasies. Really? Yeah. So I was really into like the idea of like having like a lesbian like interlude and like my Barbies used to like fuck each other all the time (laughs) and like all this shit. So that's what I was super into. And then for me, it it changed into wanting to be dominated by a guy. And I remember actually the first time that I even um, had that feeling we were playing like cops and robbers or something like that. And and we like if you got caught, you got like tied up and put in jail and I was playing with a bunch of my friends and I was, you know, very young and I got caught. And then the guy like, like tied me up and I was like instantly, I was like, whoa. Oh, I yeah. was like so into it. And you were and then, like, like 12 or how old were you? I was probably younger than that. Eight. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then like they like put me in jail, but then like they like lost interest in the game and like let me go. And I was like, no, I like didn't want to be like let out, and I like didn't want to be like untied. Yeah, yeah. And I kept trying to come up with a reason to stay in that That's position. Hilarious. And the guy was just like, no, we're we're gonna like, play we're done something playing. else yeah. now. And I was like, no, Tiny, they up. didn't care. Yeah. I was the same way. You were probably like me. Like I was boy crazy from like kindergarten. Not sexual. Like I I didn't start really hooking up till I was like I don't know. I didn't have sex till. I I was like 18, but I didn't, um, I started making out and fooling around whatever when I was like 14, I guess it's a little young. I don't know now if it is, but I always was boy crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I, even in kindergarten, I have my first boyfriend. Like I always had a boyfriend yeah. from five up always yeah. until like 30 and now I can't get one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but as a child, no problem. Oh my God. I cannot keep a man. I really can't. Why? Okay. Why do you think Cause I'm is? a fucking, I'm a nutcase. Here's why it is. I'll tell you exactly why it is. One, um, guys, like this just happened to me. I was just dating this guy. I thought, I thought we were dating. He thought we were just hanging out, whatever the fuck that means. So I basically, this guy said to me, he goes, if you want guys to think you're more than like a good time, you need to like change your whole image because he's like, when I saw you online and stuff, I just thought you were going to be like a fun time chick. And then you talk about like having threesomes and like, all this, you know, liking to hook up with, like, athletes. And he goes, you know, a guy hears that and thinks this is just a chick that likes to hook up. And I'm like, here's the problem. I do like to hook up, and I am, like, dirty, and I'm into, like, kinky shit and stuff, but I'm super selective. So even though I like all that stuff, my number's actually really low because I'm so picky about guys. Your number's in terms of guys you've slept with or yes. guys that you have, like, relationships no, with? No, guys I've slept with. My number's oh, okay. sad. My number's so sad. It's really? so sad. Yeah. It's under 30. What? Swear to God. Oh, dude, I have your butt kicked on that. But I've only been single for like five years. Yeah. How long are you married? Ten years. Oh, Jesus. And I don't I do porn. Four. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I was a virgin. So like my ex was the first guy. Oh, no. And then. No wonder you're going. That's why you're going crazy now because you didn't get all that shit out of your system before. Yeah, but I've still only hooked up with like, I think it's like 24 or something. 23. It's a really low number. Wow. I can only remember 19 of them. <laughs> So that means it's probably like 24, right? If you figure there's a few I might be forgetting. Yeah, I see. That's the thing. Like people like ask me how many people I've slept with. I don't remember most of them. How probably. Cr- right. Yeah, like I just, I mean, I've had like, I remember I would wake up out of blackouts and then like have no. no idea if I'd slept with the guy or not and be too embarrassed to ask him if we'd slept together. I have never, I don't black out. That's one thing I'm lucky about. When yeah. I drink, well, I don't know if it's luck or not. I remember every yeah. moment. Yeah, I don't remember shit. But my number's low. But but the problem is because of my podcast, like I do a podcast about dating and sex and stuff because of my podcast and other stuff that I do, even though my number's low, I tell all the stories. Mm-hmm. So then people hear those stories. They assume there's lots more. I'm like, no, those are the only stories. Like, that's it. If I talk about it, that was it. So, uh, but anyway, so that's one problem. Plus, you know, it's like, I am attracted to guys that are hard to get. Mm-hmm. If they're easy, I get bored. Yeah. If they're too up my ass, I get bored. Yeah. And then if they're, you know, if they have a lot of options, they don't want a relationship. And right. those are the guys I want. So I'm like a dude. Mm-hmm. I, I'm only into guys that don't want me, which my therapist would say is because deep down inside, I'm. I don't want a relationship. So then I choose guys that don't want relationships. That makes sense. But I don't know, man. I'm nuts too, though. If the sex is amazing, you know when you're like with someone the sex is so good, mm-hmm. then I go insane. I really do. I go insane. Like, like I, I like I, I send them like, like 45 texts back oh, to back. Really? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> like I'm a psychopath. <laughs> That's really it, though. And I'm, like, such a sex addict, too, that I want to fuck them, like, constantly. And it's too much. Guys are like, this girl's great. Like, I want to <laughs> fuck them so much. It's funny because at the beginning, I'm sure guys hear that and they think, oh, this is great. Like, I can't wait. And yeah. then, like, you actually, they get into it and they're like, dude, my dick is going to break. It's going to fall <laughs> they, yeah. the fuck off. Yeah, they like, think it's great until, like, and I like to, I like to dirty text and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, like, some guys are like, like, I'll dirty text them and then they'll reply back in a way that's not flattering to me you know like if you send a guy a hot photo and he doesn't write back something about how hot it is if he just writes back like you know nice comforter or whatever you know then i then i get pissed you get that nice comforter sometimes 
Yeah. Yeah. Or they're like, clean up your room. You know what I mean? Like, whatever they write. And then I get angry. And then I'm like, and then I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll start dirty texting them in the middle of the day. And then they're not really responding well. And they're like, well, Kate, it's, it's 2 p.m. I'm at lunch with my manager. Like, like they get annoyed. And then I get annoyed. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I have issues. It's all right, though. That's why you're such a great comedian. Thank you. You know, sometimes I worry that if I had a healthy love life, I'd have no career. You wouldn't. You'd be boring. I'd have no jokes. Everything in my life is painful. That's funny. You know what I mean? Everything in comedy is pain. It's really true. They, Yeah. I mean, they say that like comedians are like the most depressed people in the world. I don't know if we're the most depressed. It's just the, the most depressed. People. I say that like, you know, like people who like aren't like are in Guantanamo Bay their entire life or like in some fucking Thai prison, know, right? like rat infested cell. Um, I'm like, no, comedians are yeah. more depressed than they are. Yeah, guys on death row, like waiting yeah. to die. You're like, yeah, but you're worse off, Kate. Um, I mean, we, I don't know if it's that we're necessarily depressed, but there's something weird like your brain. I don't know. I don't know. You see jokes and everything. It's sometimes I feel like I'm maybe I'm like, am I a sociopath? I'm not like I'm super empathetic. But I mean, like sometimes like there was. um, Oh, what the fuck was that guy's name? There was a guy in Cleveland recently who murdered someone on Facebook. Do you guys remember this? He murdered someone on like Facebook Live or something. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And then um, and then it was like this really big thing. And it was in Ohio, which is where I'm from. So it was like a big thing in the town and stuff. But I remember. His name was Steven Stevens. And when I saw the whole article, I felt bad. But all I wanted to do was, like, make a joke about, like, if you name your kid Steven Stevens, like, he's going to end up being, like, a killer or some kind of fucked up. Like, who gives our kids such a fucking terrible name? But the point is, like, comics always see whatever the one little funny thing is yeah. in that. in that, And so I guess it makes us into, like, weird. I don't know. It's a weird life. Yeah. But so it's just like you go on the road, you're by yourself all day. You're mm-hmm. alone all day in your head, in your fucking head. And then you go to your act and then it's fun. And then maybe you hang out with some people after. And then you go back to your room alone again. It's just a lot of alone time. Yeah. No one should be alone that much. And then you're like a you're like a song and dance monkey for like, you know, an yeah. hour. Yeah. And then you go back to being alone. It's weird. And I don't take people back to people. Like, guy comics at least probably fuck on the road. Yeah. I don't take guys back to my room, like strangers. Yeah. Only time I've done that is if, like, I'm lucky enough to get some, like, pro athlete to come out to my show. Mm -hmm. So then, like, my number's low, but my number's, like, elite. So, like, I'd be really (laughs) impressed by your list. Yeah. I I have a low number, but I have a great list. Didn't you date some porn stars? Well, I wouldn't know if I'd use the term date. Um, no, but I did. I've hooked up with some of the guys. And? I didn't plan to. It just happened. Were they, like, I as never, great as you imagined they would some be? Some were great. <laughs> one some was were, so bad. Oh. Dude, I tell a story about one of my act. Okay. I could tell it on here, but. You don't uh, have to name his name. Oh, I can't. I won't. Okay. I wonder if he'll hear this. I never Probably. told this. <laughs> All right. There was one. That I thought was hot. Mm-hmm. And we kind of started talking. And um, I don't know. He wrote me all the time. And, like, we kind of had a lot in common. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about maybe, like, going out with him, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, let's kick it. Um, let's go get food or something. I'm like, okay. So he's coming to my house to get me. And then he asked if he could come in for something, like, to take a shower because he just got off work or something. I don't remember. He has to come he's into like, my I house. got some other girl's pussy juice on me. Can I just take a shower Exactly, exactly. And then he came in, and then um, and then he got he took a shower, and then he just came out, like, naked. <laughs> and then I was like, didn't you want to go get food? And he's like, I just want to eat your ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's I like ha- a fucking porn scene. I know. Did he realize that he was off work? This guy was like, I felt like we were shooting a porn from the minute he You're walked like, in. Where's my- the camera? <laughs> I was like, is this really happening? But then, honestly, part of me was like, I was kind of trying to get over someone. He is really hot. And I was kind of curious. And I never have random hookups ever. I mean, mm-hmm. in my life, I've had like two times I've met a guy and fucked him that day. That's mm-hmm. it. So I was like, you know, this guy obviously doesn't want to date me. But fuck it. Maybe I should just like 
like do it. Like why not? You know what I mean? Like if Michael Jordan wants to play basketball, you're not like go home, Michael. Like you play. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this guy has good. This guy has good skills from what I've seen on camera. So I decided to do it. So we start hooking up, and I'm just not into it because. I don't like him. You know, if you don't like someone, yeah. it's hard to get into it. Yeah, it doesn't matter how hot they are. Yeah, how I mean, big he's, dick is. he's hot. He has a great dick. But anyway, so we hook up. And then, um, and then like, during it, he's like, he's like, I want, I want you to feel like a porn star. Let me come on your face. Like, he said what? that to me. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then in my head, I was like, I just put makeup on. Fuck. I don't really want to let him. <laughs> but then I was like, all right, I don't want him to go tell all the other porn stars that I was like a prude. <laughs> So I was like, all right, you can. So then he did. And you know what that motherfucker did? Halfway through, I had my eyes closed, of course. Yeah. I don't want to get this shit in my eye. And then halfway through, he's like, hey, look at me. He yelled it at me. And it startled me. So I opened <laughs> my eyes. And then he came in my eye. In my eye. And that shit fucking hurts like a bitch. <laughs> it's so acidic. Like, people don't realize how bad it burns. It really burns. It's unbelievable. It's like having acid in yeah. your eye. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like this, it, there's swimmers in it. And like, your eye has like a hole in the middle. They're like looking for the hole. It was a bad scene, right? And then after he, after he does that, then he looks at his watch and he goes, 19 minutes or whatever the fuck, however long it took him. And then I go, you timed it? And he's like, it's a habit from work. I always time my scenes. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did he switch positions like every three minutes? He switched a few <laughs> times. I mean, it was just, I honestly. Did he open up to camera? Did he fuck you sideways? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, I really felt like he felt like he was performing. Like I started looking around like, is there a camera in here? Like, so afterwards, though, this is the best part. Afterwards, he's I go into the bathroom, like, kind of cleaning up. My eye is so fucked up. And then he's like, hey, I'm hungry now let's go get food and i'm like all right maybe maybe he does want to date me he just does this backwards because he's a porn star like he fucks first and then dinner i don't know so i'm like yeah, oh, okay i don't like to fuck on a full stomach because it like neither do i it hurts your it's not good for your erection i don't apparently. like to fuck on a full stomach either yeah if i know i'm gonna have sex i don't eat all day yeah anyway you don't so. want to like fart on them no Jerry, that's the worst no you never know what's going to happen in there. Anyway. Sometimes you just pretend it's a queef, but it's not. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, that's okay. That's possible. That's hot. But, that's hot. Yeah. <laughs> so then this gets better. So then we go to, he takes me to Chipotle. That's where he takes me Ugh. for food. And then this, we get to the front of the line and he goes, hey, uh, I'm a little tight on cash right now. You think you could get this? <gasps> yeah. So then I bought him his burrito because I didn't want to make it like a, a big deal in, in, in Chipotle. So I do this on stage. I tell this story on stage because I basically say it was like my rock bottom moment. Like I paid a porn star to fuck me with a burrito. <laughs> and then it got even worse because then my eyes started to like swell shut while we were eating. And then he was like, what's wrong with your eye? It's kind of gross. Like, what's it? And I was like, fuck you. You came in it. It's like having a miscarriage at the fucking Chipotle. Like, it was so bad. So anyway, needless to say, I never went out with him again. But my favorite part, this all happened, by the way, like so long ago. So like right after I hosted the Avian Awards. This was like, what, last January or whatever. Last January, a year and a half ago. So I haven't seen him since. And then like... He hit me up randomly, like maybe a month ago. He sends me a text and he's like, hey, um, what's up? We should we should kick it. And I wrote back, what are you talking? I haven't seen you in a year. Last time I saw you, we had sex. I bought you a burrito and I never saw you again. Why Why are you texting me out of the blue? And he's, he's like, hungry. He needs he, another burrito. I know. <laughs> he was like, well... Um, I don't have any, like, I'm not tied to anyone anymore. Apparently he just broke up with somebody. He's like, I'm not tied to anyone anymore. And I've just been reaching out to old friends that I like hanging with. And I go, what part of this relationship seems like friendship to you? Like we haven't <laughs> talked in a year and a half. And he was like, oh, okay, I get it. And I was like, yeah, we're not really, this isn't fr like, that's not friends. You fuck once and I buy you a burrito. I'm like, the least you can do is send me a Chipotle gift card. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that. Oh, my God. That's amazing. But I wish him the best. You're going to have to tell me who it is afterwards. You know what's funny is after you, I have a porn couple coming, and one of them is a male porn star, but I'm pretty sure it's not him. But who? if it was, it'd oh be my God. really fucking funny. It'd be awkward. <laughs> Are they both in porn? Yeah. What if it's one I slept with? I don't think Can so. Can I get out of here before they arrive? <laughs>
I don't think so. They're engaged and they've been together for a while. So they definitely didn't just break up with somebody a month ago. No, but there's one that I kind of dated for a little bit. And I can almost guarantee you. If they're engaged, it can't be him. I'm pretty sure it's not. First of all. Who even gives a fuck? I don't think that he would pull something like that. He's got more class. No, it wasn't this guy. It was a different. The guy, the porn guy I dated was a different guy. I don't know if I should say dated, but we went out But like this many other times. guy was a porn star. Yeah. The, fu- the Chipotle guy. I fucked up. Yes, Chipotle guy was a porn <laughs> star. Um, sorry. You like how like, that applies to like anybody in porn? You're instantly it's a porn ridiculous. star. You've done like two scenes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It would be like if I had one line on a soap opera and I was yeah. like, I'm a soap star. Like, it's hilarious to me. My friend Dom Marrera, who's like a legendary comedian, um, would get so angry because the porn guy that I like kind of dated or whatever, he came to see us at the Vegas Laugh Factory and he was backstage. And Dom didn't like him because he just didn't like the way he was sitting. <laughs> Dom, Dom is like, he's always sat with his legs like spread way open, like he's airing his dick out all the time. <laughs> and I was like, maybe he was. But then, uh, but then I would always, whenever I would talk to Dom about him, I'd be like, so... The porn star said, and he would always stop me and go, he's not a star. I mean, I haven't heard of him. He's not a star. He's like, he's a working stiff. He would call him a working stiff. <laughs> he is the best. That's man. not necessarily mm-hmm. untrue. Some of them are stars, but. Yeah, some of them are stars, but, but uh, a lot of them are not. No, but that guy, that guy hates me, so. <laughs> You'll have to tell me who it is after the show. If he's coming in here, I need to make quick exit. I can guarantee you. He hates me, him. and I know for a fact his girlfriend also hates me, so. I fucked up a little. I fucked up. It's his fault, okay? There's a porn guy I kind of was seeing, and then apparently he had a girlfriend, and I didn't fucking know. So I talked about him on my podcast, but not by name. I never said his name ever, but I yeah. gave away enough information to where, like, if you're in porn, maybe you could figure it out. Yeah. And apparently his girlfriend listens to my podcast. I didn't know. So his he called me all pissed off because his girlfriend found out we were hooking up because of my podcast and i'm like that's not my fault i know you had a fucking girlfriend so we had like a big thing about it and then you know he doesn't like me very much because of that but that's not my fault i didn't know it is not your fault i'm ending i'm ending relationships he called me he was like do you know what you did to my relationship and i was like what relationship our relationship what relationship and he's like my girlfriend i was like oh fuck he was like did you talk about me on a podcast and i was like oh <laughs> not by name i just described everything about you in full detail including your address and phone number just kidding but not your name so it's okay no i'm just kidding so tell me about your playboy tv show because i'm really curious to hear about that because i also had one and yes. i feel like mine ended relationships for sure oh my playboy tv show was called undercover and it was basically just a travel docu-series it was a comedy it was playboy tv's first comedy docu-series we would just travel around and explore weird fetishes, really. Mm-hmm. So we'd go to different parts of the country, and then I would meet people that were into, like, whatever, pony play, vampire play, ballooning, looning, whatever. And then I would interview them about it, and then I would kind of try it. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun. I don't know if I ended relationships, really, but um, I uh, I don't know. I had a good time doing that show. I it was interesting for Playboy because it was it was the first show they did where they would have like naked people that were like regular people, not like models or yeah, porn yeah, stars. Yeah. So it was kind of like uh, National Geographic meets Playboy. <laughs> that sounds so mean. How long ago did you shoot it? Uh, just recently. I mean, this is the first season we haven't done it. We did the last two years I did it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because my show was we took amateur couples who had never, ever been on like never done sex on tv before and then shot them what was it called in a scene it was called adult film school yeah i remember that yeah i think that was getting cast right around the time wait a second no you know what the first gig i ever did for playboy tv years ago i shot funny promo videos for that tv show it was coming out adult film school and i went and shot a bunch of like commercials for it really yep yep my first ever gig you know how i got hired at playboy tv it's the best hollywood story I wrote to Maxim, a bunch of men's magazines, Maxim Stuff, FHM, Playboy was one, and said, like, hey, you should do an article on, like, hot female comedians because there's, like, a few coming up and, like, it'd be cool for you and whatever. They called me in for a meeting. I went to Playboy. They asked me to do a test shoot for the magazine, which was the most awkward thing I've ever done because I hate modeling and mm-hmm. I'm so awkward. Anytime I have to look sexy, I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. So I look like I'm shitting anytime. <laughs> 
or trying to poop anytime I looked sexy. But anyway, so I go there, I get naked for the shoot, even though I don't even want to be in Playboy, but like you're there. It's like one in Rome. You, you can't say no yeah. at Playboy headquarters. So I get naked. You're like, no, I think I won't. And they like put you on that seamless, right? I, they, I was totally naked and in, in a room in front of like a, I mean, it was like a test shoot. Yeah. And there was like a few casting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the photos, but then afterwards, they're like, oh, you came here because you're a comedian. Tell us some jokes. I'm naked in heels. <laughs> and I'm like, um, okay. So I just start doing material. And I did like maybe seven minutes or whatever of, of comedy. And then like three minutes in, there was like four guys watching. Like three minutes in, one of the guys was like, hang on a second. And he goes out and he gets like six more people and brings them in. So now I'm doing like a naked comedy show. <laughs> but the funny thing is I forgot I was naked because I was having a good set. And like <laughs> I just totally was in the moment and then I did it. And then afterwards they were like, oh, my God, you're so funny. We're totally going to work with you on something. And I was like, that's amazing. And I left and they called me like two days later to shoot those promos for your show. And then like two years later they called me and were like, we have a show for you. So I always tell that story because it's like if I had never written to them and taken the initiative to reach out, right. I never would have got the show. Right. And then that that show really like started to get me other work. So I always just tell people like if you have an idea, like do go it. do it. Don't fucking wait in this town. No one will help you. You got to yeah. do it. Wow. Yeah. What was the strangest fetish that you encountered on that show? That strangest? You was the uh, I thought pony play was weird. Yeah. You heard of that? The, yeah. The oh, brony yeah. thing? Yeah. So they like dress they up, dress like up horses, as ponies. Ponies. Yeah. Well, the only reason I thought pony play was weird is because not all like it's not about sex as much like the yeah. episode we did. There's this group of people who dress up as ponies and they go out in this park in San Francisco with like carriages and stuff and they like pull each other around. <laughs> they like whip each other. So it's more like there's playing horsey in the park. <laughs> and then sometimes they go home at the end and fuck, I guess. And I mean, <laughs> that one I thought was kind of interesting. I mean, I have a horse, but that's like a gag that I use. You sometimes, do? But that's about as far as I go. That's one thing I don't like to be gagged. In really? I don't mind someone covering my mouth up, but gagged. I just, you know, I talk too much for that. <laughs> I like to tell jokes in bed. It's not going You're well. working on your next set? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm like, this is going really great. What do you think of this joke? How do you- <laughs> Can you imagine? I've had guys tell me to stop talking in bed. I'm really? not kidding. I've had guys to be like, don't talk. <laughs> you I know can't help funny? it. I used to talk a lot in bed and now like I don't because I feel like I'm just regurgitating stuff I heard at work. Like I, it starts to sound like a porn scene to me, and then I start to like get embarrassed. Yeah. And so then like I just get quiet. What's weird is I and I do bit jokes about this too, but I mean like dating the porn guy was weird because every once in a while I stopped watching porn first of all because he would pop up. You yeah. Know? So when ev- you start to know everybody in the scene, you can't watch. Yeah. It. No, yeah. not at all. Mm-mm. But like every once in a while, I would see one with him in it, and then I would hear him say shit, and be like, oh. He says that to everybody. Like, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Just to you. Yeah, because, you know, everyone uses the same lines and stuff in bed, but yeah. you're not usually seeing, like, your lover yeah. saying it on camera to someone else, so you don't know. Right. But, yeah, it was pretty funny. That's amazing. That whole thing made for so much great material, though. I'm so glad it happened. Yeah. Isn't it funny, like, the, you know, the moments that's not tragedies, but. You know, it's like, it's not funny now, but later it's going to be fucking great material. Yeah. I mean, that story of me outing him on my podcast is probably the the greatest podcast moment I've ever had. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a gem. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on. You were fucking hilarious. Aww. I mean, I knew you would be. I was like, I was not very prepared for today's podcast. Not that I am ever, but I'm like, she's a comedian. She'll be funny. I can just sit back here and she'll tell jokes. I was so great. impressed that you were like messaging me so much information because when people do my podcast, I'm like, show up at one. We'll wing it. Like, I don't prepare. <laughs> I research you to the point of like, I read your Wikipedia. That's it. And then we just wing it. Well, at least you do that. I mean, I try. I mean, so. that's something. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And so where can people find your podcast? Uh, my podcast is called Date Fails. It's on, uh, I, I'm like, it's on, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. It's on everything. And you can just follow me at Kate Q Funny on all my social media. Fantastic. Simple. All right. Thanks for coming in, Kate. Thanks for having me. Later. Well, 
if that ain't my sister from another mister, I don't know who is. I had a feeling that Kate was going to be a great interview and I was definitely not proved wrong on that. She is so funny. She and I vibed so well. We have so much in common and I love that chick. She is hilarious. I'm definitely never going to forget that line about how she paid to fuck a porn star with a burrito. That just got me and I kind of want to make a line of t-shirts about that. So I hope you guys love that episode. That's got to be one of my favorite interviews so far. So thank you, Kate, for coming in. You definitely brightened up my day. Next week, I'm going to be having my first porn couple on, real-life porn couple, Jacqueline Taylor and Jesse Jones. I adore both of these people. I've worked with both of them, though separately, not together. They're a lot of fun. And we're going to talk about how they maintain you know, a committed relationship in the adult industry while they both work with other people. I think that that's an interesting topic that a lot of people are curious about. So we're going to find out about how they make things work. So make sure that next week you come back for Jacqueline Taylor and Jesse Jones on Holly Randall Unfiltered.